Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe fan podcast. This is episode 244, and today we'll be talking about the OKKO episode, I Am Dendi. I'm GC13. And I'm David. And that cheer you heard, yes, it's true that Dendi doesn't get cheered in this episode, but she gets cheered in all the other ones, so we only felt it right that on her first introduction in this episode, she be cheered. I love that it's just a generic sound too that they use in that episode, but yeah, Dendi gets a sort of metered approach to her introduction. Like, it almost feels like between this episode and the next episode she's featured in, that it's basically two episodes that serve as intro episodes. Whereas this one doesn't really focus on the coding aspect as as much. The next one focuses a lot more on like, it feels like a Hey Kids get into STEM type of episode. I Am Dendi really focuses on just this incredibly tiny transformation that happens to Dendi to sort of having a genuine friend with KO. Yeah, I I don't think you can have any better symbolism of that transformation than when he's complimenting her in the arcade when she goes from her non-expression to a smile and just all the changes is her lips. Yeah, well, and KO's really... The way he phrases compliment, too, I think, is really instructional for for kids, really. Because Dendi obviously is a little socially awkward or, you know, isn't thinking the same way that Ko thinks. The way that Ko tries to respect that difference, I think, is really useful (laughs) for, for kids to see. And really their whole relationship. Also, whereas you could really contrast for comedy, Ko being, like, really stupid and Dendi being, like, way smarter which is a common thing to do with comedy, right? Like, put contrasts and let hilarity ensue. OKKO in general likes showing that characters have a lot more in common than they think they do. And, you know, while we still get KO, like, incessantly punching the insides of the uh, angler, the anglerfish or whatever that he's stuck in, but, um, you know, and Dendi even writing in her log that <laughs> he tries no new novel approaches when trying to escape. Like, that's about as extreme as it gets, but I I don't know. I feel like the episode really tries to portray that between when K.O. invites Dendi to play tag and Dendi gets into it pretty quickly and then obviously how they bond over POW cards. Yeah, I I, I did like how quickly she got into the game of tag, but man, the the fact that she just lets him sit in there bashing his fist for hours and I, I even like how when he asks her to take his last will and testament, she like looks over at the gate, and I never understood what that meant, but I, I think I get it. She's like looking over there, verifying that there is absolutely nothing stopping her from leaving and seeking help for him, and then says proceed anyway. I mean, scumbag Dendi, come on. Right. It's only when she decides she wants to talk pow cards with him that she lets him out is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, Dendi in no way has a uh, full transformation as a person right like dendy rips the family heirloom (laughs) off of the hair clipping robot and um you know is prepared to go and completely dismantle him later in the episode to get the glorb yeah she wants to she wants to murder mr logic like just to hang out with ko right to go even further she didn't even need the glorb in the first place so (laughs) she would have dismantled this robot for nothing you know dendy has a lot to learn there but obviously at the end she kind of maybe well i don't i don't know how much she really does realize that she probably shouldn't have kept ko locked up except that ko was willing to have hung out with her anyway although also ko i don't think ever fully understands that dendy was like studying him versus just wanted to hang out with him except maybe he actually went farther than that because maybe he heard that from dendy but realized that the true intent was to have a friend to hang out with the day like even though dendy secondarily wanted to treat him like a lab rat 
deeper down, that's not what she really wanted, you know? So I think that might have been kind of a cute point where both of them thought that each other had a misunderstanding. Yeah, I think Kale was correct in understanding what Dendi meant by studying him. Yeah. Uh, Based on how receptive she was to his friendship stuff. You know, she's obviously uh, pretty new at this stuff, but like his understanding of hanging out is pretty close to what her understanding of studying him was. Like, I, I do like how she's keeping a very detailed profile of like her her chosen friend, I guess. Right. I mean, the little log at the end is incredibly sweet when Dendi lists under Ko's known allies, you know, herself. Yeah, that that was very cute. I liked that. And, you know, contrast that with the start of the episode where she just completely out of the blue. Well, she scares Ko like yeah. out of his mind. And then she's just like, I was tired of hearing you sing and talk to yourself. So I interrupted you. (laughs) It's just like, you know, no concern for if that would emotionally affect KO. But luckily, KO doesn't take that kind of stuff to heart. So he's a he's a resilient kid. Yeah. Also, as a complete little side note, thinking about the start of the episode, we kind of see KO's school experience. And it reminded me how Steven Universe, to deal with this problem of Steven not you know we didn't want to have a show where he's at school that's just not what the show's about we made him not even know what the word school was <laughs> even though he plays video games and media and i really appreciate that here to my memory we never focus on ko schooling we go to school elsewhere but we don't really focus on ko's whatever it is elementary school middle school he's six to eleven they've had some uh some school episodes but oh. they're not the bulk of the series yeah i mean it's just kind of like explained here and it's open where. It's just like, yeah, he goes to school, but, you know, we don't care about that. We only care about when he's at work or whatever. But apparently I'm dumb and can't remember the episodes where <laughs> he we're at school. So can't wait to cover those. Uh, the Definitely go back and rewatch the Sobatical because Miss Quantum is an awesome villain. And Ernesto gets to ride a train. It's great. Yeah, eventually, well, depending on how long this movie takes to come out, Steven Universe movie, we're going to be getting to that episode. <laughs> so. Then we got Wacky Jacks, but that's even later in the series. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we're going to get to Wacky Jacks before the... We better not get to Wacky Jacks before the movie comes out. Well, hopefully, maybe next week we'll even have news because Cartoon Network's Upfront should be happening. Didn't the Warner Media Upfront already happen and all we learned was new Rick and Morty in November? Oh, rip. You're right. That is all we learned. Man, there's no more. I remember hearing the Rick and Morty news, but okay, so that's the only news that came out. Usually they yeah. announce, like, we should know about Infinity Train, and we should know about whatever else was supposed to come out. Well, Infinity Train should be coming soon, but I don't think they've announced any dates, so. Yeah, maybe uh, San Diego Comic-Con. You know, Dendi would care, I know, as much as us about when these shows are coming back, too, because she's a total she's a total geek. <laughs> oh, yeah. super into... Has... Hundreds of cards. <laughs> I, I found it impressive that K.O.'s first thing is like, oh, there must be a hundred cards in here. It's like, K.O., how can you collect POW cards and think a hundred is a lot? That's like, how many POW cards do you get in a booster pack? Right. Well, and not to mention, well, then he's definitely an over collector because K.O.'s like, I've only ever seen this online. And of course, <laughs> she doesn't realize how snide she's being. But... She has her Drax moment right there. Yeah. What you've already no seen KO. it in person. You are holding it in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know if I noticed this joke the first time, but it was hilarious to me now when Ko 
looks into his pockets to see if there's money oh, and the moths yes. come out right and that's already a great visual gag that we've kind of seen before but the fact that chaos actually like oh no my moth collection is just yeah. the perfect thing for a cartoonist to make a joke about this show is so good about taking those visual things that we take for granted in cartoons and calling them out yes the the moth collection is great and I, I i feel like that joke is like looney tunes old if not older like i feel like that is a super old cartoon trope right like but has anyone ever made that joke out loud? So that's, uh, yeah, that was so funny. Meanwhile, that w- that leads to Dendi breaking the token machine to make them all spill out. And when K.O. praises her for doing that, I don't understand yeah. why, because that is a villainous thing to do. <laughs> they are stealing. Like, K.O., come on. I, I mean, I guess it's part of the quest. And, you know, if, if there's one thing I've learned from playing tons of RPGs, it's the, you know, you can't solve a quest in a way that the game designer didn't intend for you to solve it. So quests <laughs> yeah they're legit also in thinking again sort of themes between steven universe and this show at least from my experience you know it's more of a 20 something and, and more of these guys writing the shows are more in their 30s uh, or at least the late 20s i didn't grow up with like an arcade in town but they love arcades <laughs> like ko visits an arcade obviously beach city has an arcade although that's kind of based because of the actual city in maine has an arcade but like that's not a thing that i feel like people around my age like experienced but all these people leaving the 80s and still living in the 90s where arcades were a thing it's just funny to me because i'm imagining like kids today being like tokens like what are you talking about i'm like requesting on my ipad You know, for my family to make a purchase on my (laughs) iTunes so I can get in-app purchases for Fortnite. Like, what is this? You know, they don't know what arcade machines are, these six to 11 year olds. But you know, you know what I know? I know they had an LED arcade machine there. Yeah. Foreshadowing, kind of. Oh, I love how many little hints of things that come in the future here are. Obviously, as far as lore goes, is this the first mention of Glorbs? This is only episode Yes. Yeah. I think I think this is the first time we talk about Glorbs. So probably no one, when this episode came out, would have ever thought that those were important because they just sound like some technical detail of robots. Yeah. But of course, they are significant, but we still don't really understand them yet. Honestly, most of the information we know about them is still right here. They power robots, and that's important. <laughs> yep. But I mean, the fact that they have the Glorb tree under the plaza and how important that is to the security of the plaza, like... Never knew, never would have done. Heck, even in the, you know, dungeon episode, the the Glorb tree, we still had no idea. Right. So I think it's interesting that episodes like this definitely show, you know, all that's pre-planned out, just like Steven Universe. So that's neat yeah. to see and just neat to see those placements of characters. Yeah. But talking about the arcade, I, I, I do like how that sign of rules in the background, the only words you can make out are, well, two of them are no fun. <laughs> and there's one other word you can make out, but it doesn't make sense when you toss it in. So no fun is the important part. Yeah, which is perfect because they don't even go there to play any games. So they definitely followed the rules. Yep. The little thieves is what they are. Yeah, Dendi is an awful human being. No. he's not. <laughs> no, she's no, a no. kappa. Well, yes, but actually no. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dendi's, Dendi's great. And um, I love Dendi, but like she doesn't... <laughs> She does not put her best webbed foot forward no. in this episode. Hanging out with Ko really, really makes her see the value in not using others. I mean, sometimes we get a really complete picture. Like when Elodie is introduced, everything you need to know about Elodie basically happens in that one episode. 
yeah, you learn all of it. You see the exterior she puts up. You see how it is just an exterior she puts up. And I mean, everything you need to understand jokes about Rad and Enid pretty much start off too. Although Enid takes longer to unpack. Dendi's like an ogre. She has layers. Yeah, I, I like that Dendi's intro takes time because this is like a brand new friend that Ko has. So we kind of actually kind of get a narrative experience kind of like Ko. So that's pretty yeah. neat. That's fair. Oh, also shout out to Ko while he's dying, thinking of his co-workers and making sure they get to college. Yeah, his pinky bank's gonna really take him far. <laughs> well, yeah, considering his pockets were only full of moths, I can't imagine that piggy bank has much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much did he have to spend on those bad boys? <laughs> did he pay to acquire the moths? Because that's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> moths aren't cheap. Why do you think he has nothing else in his pockets but the moths? <laughs> but, eh. Man, Dendi, Dendi is just savage. By the way, I do not know how she managed to not only fix, but improve the clippers without using one of the components. She's just that good. I like how there's no consequences to that, of her ripping it down, and we, we barely get to see Mr. Logic's reaction. It's much more focused on K.O. being like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Mr. Logic is too busy being shocked and devastated to do anything. By, by the time he's collected himself, she's already fixed and upgraded them. Right. Well, and there's also a little path they could have taken where improving it didn't mean that he would be happy because it's like an heirloom. But it looks like newer than ever, and it looked pretty bad before. So we're almost yeah. like, oh, I guess Den what Dendi did was right. But, uh, you know, consent's important. It would have been nice to throw that in. And then there's, again, the whole thing. She could have easily done that, but she was perfectly content to walk off and, you know, leave him sobbing over the shattered remnants of his grandfather's clippers. And again, she did not say she was going to put back together Mr. Logic if they ripped out the glorb from him, which powers him. It keeps him alive. Not that putting him together would have been very pointful. No, well, he could have been like the fish robot, which I guess can chomp without a glorb. No, they never accessed its glorb. Yeah, well, unless it had, I don't know. I guess it, we're supposed to believe it did have a glorb, but I don't know. Yeah, somewhere inside it. I'm just, she was real, she was really rough to my favorite secondary character, Mr. <laughs> Logic. Yeah, I like how his mathematically perfect haircut led to incredibly great anime close-ups, but no change the in anime haircut. face. <laughs> I mean, and they did that on purpose. This is the kind of show that like, yeah, lol, the joke is that their haircuts didn't change because, you know, that would require a different model. They do it in other shows. It's funny. Well, it's funny, too, because while he's cutting their hair, they keep cutting to the backside of their heads where you can very clearly see his hands are wildly moving and their hair is like not changing shape at all which you like could animate, but it's not being animated. And you're like, oh, well, that's just like a cheap shortcut, you know, to use like, oh, his hands animating, but they're just sitting there. But no, I mean, they clearly <laughs> somehow a hair is animated being thrown everywhere, but it doesn't change in length at all. So that's yep. perfect. But hey, we got the anime face close ups, So it was it was worth it all. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, KO always gets them, but it was funny <laughs> for Dendi. Oh, I'm just I, every time I just think of that face he makes. Well, Talking to the alleyway teens. Oh yeah, that is like the KO anime face. When they when they when they're running up to the alley, I guess it's just a testament to how cartoony OKKO OK is and how cartoony it is intended to be. That when he hit that chain link fence, every single time I expect him to like slide through it <laughs> in in cubes. Well, right, yeah, like SpongeBob 
jump roping yeah. really fast and then being cut into a million pieces. Yeah, after SpongeBob getting caught up in the slice and dice, I, ex- I expect him to go through the fence in pieces and then reform back into himself. Every time I watch that shot. You know, funnily enough, that kind of brings up a point about the physics of KO that although they morph a lot and they even do, I mean, they do tons of cartoony things like for emphasis, like, you know, pushing through KO like he's door or something. Although (laughs) actually he doesn't split in half. That's like two people standing there, I think, in that scene that I'm referencing. But, you know, they don't just straight up like rip their characters apart or something like SpongeBob. Like he's not that pliable, you know, they're still like physical characters that can be like things could be greatly exaggerated but like if they were going to animate him going through the gate like chopped up it would have to be some crazy chibi form or something you know like he wouldn't just slide Mm. through it i don't know there's like some weird little rules they have but yeah i like how right before that too it's such a good build-up for him running into the fence because they have this really like just saccharine scene of them running zoomed up from way up above the parking lot watching him and dendy trade places running playing tag and it's like such a heartfelt moment and then you know just his face looking like it just like had an explosion with his hair and everything was just it was good and then while he's you know there on the fence i expected him to be electrocuted as though by an electric fence or shocked i should say not electrocuted just shocked (laughs) i would like to see ko electrocuted gc13 2019 (laughs) yes yeah yeah (laughs) And I expected to, not want to. Right. But I, I liked, I liked, she tags him and then they laugh again. Oh, I mean, they're so cute together. They're so buddies. They are so buddies. Yeah, not much ship material here. I guess, I guess we can leave them in the buddy category for now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not like the, hi, I'm KO, or and I guess in this case, hi, I'm Dendi. <laughs> hi, I'm Dendi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a little bit of a... I can't remember. There's some exchange they have in this episode where I'm like, well, if that's your uh, if that's your ship material, that's your ship material. But I can't think of it. But, you know, platonic couples for life. He's even more, you know, in Steven Universe, they had the rule that they wanted Steven and Connie's relationship to look purely sweet or whatever, like little kids more than teenagers. But, um, you know, KO, definitely. I really doubt that's going to be. Also, that's so refreshing, too, because, again, so many of the cartoons that we grew up, at least that I grew up with between like Fairly Odd Parents or Hey Arnold. Although that one was swapped because it was like Helga instead of him. But it's just always focused on like the kids having some like romantic thing that's like either unrequited or just hidden for the whole series. And just KO doesn't have that because it's not really it doesn't fit KO, but it totally fits for like, you know, the tensions between the much more complicated and interesting tensions between like Enid and Rad or something. Yeah, even even Ben 10 or Secret Saturdays slide romance in. Oh, Lord. Yes. Yeah, it gets inserted into so many kids shows. And yes, like kids have crushes and stuff, but like. And yes, that can be funny and rife for comedy. But like every show does it. It feels like every kid has to go to school (laughs) in these. I mean, that used to be like a requirement on Nickelodeon shows. It's why Invader Zim was (laughs) at a school because they were like pushing it that hard. And then, you know, all the kids had romantic interests. Hey, they made it work. They owned it. Yeah, no. Well, that was hilarious. That whole era of Nicktoons. If you just go and watch like (laughs) you're like, why is everyone enrolled in school? But, you know, I don't think they ever had a requirement for their, like, child boys to have crushes. But for some reason they did. So it's fine that's not here. It could be here. I don't expect it to be. That doesn't feel like the type of plot that would fit for K.O. to suddenly... Like, he loves his mom, you know? That's who he loves. <laughs> that's his greatest female I, I don't know. Remember when he sees Ginger with her, her red hair? She's so beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I... I don't want to dig myself too deep on this. <laughs> Kid crush. Double cross. 
Well, did you have any more thoughts on I Am Dendi? This episode just barely touches on it, but I'm excited, you know, as a as a person, as a programmer who wants to see every kid involved in STEM uh, and never work in any other field and then our whole world crumbles because people are just coding. You know, the just hint that Dendi is into code block manipulation and even the way that she opens the, f- the fish by saying, like, if fish contains child, then barf. Like, it, that gets explored way more. And I just love that Dendi's included here, but at least in her intro episode that that didn't have to be so heavy-handed the next episode it's incredibly heavy-handed and that's just fine um (laughs) but i do like that stem is involved here like dendy serves multiple purposes for being instructional kids while also just being a really great friendship to ko but hooray for programming and code so hooray for programming and code yes anyway guys join us next week until then i'm gc13 And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you can review us. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.